pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 207. Today I'm going to chat with Argo J, discuss a new bill targeting semi-autos, highlight new pistols from Canik, and talk about every town's plan to put their anti-gun advocates in political office. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Argo, how are you doing today? I am absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Don't, stuff because allergies are going on. I was just going to say, don't lie, okay? You sound like you've been crying all morning. <laughs> I have. I'm sad. <sighs> yeah, it's weird. The last month, my allergies have been extremely bad. What state are you in? I'm in Wisconsin. Okay. I don't know about you, but right now in Colorado, this month, there's so many fires, I think, in California and... Oh, you got all the smoke. Oh, it's so bad. It's so hazy. Even if it's a really nice day and it's sunny, you can't even see the sun. It's really the bad. The apocalypse. It's yeah. Like the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you look at the weather app, it says that the air right now is so polluted that it's not good for anyone. At first it was saying just for sensitive people. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm sensitive because my allergies were just going crazy and then the smoke didn't help. But now it specifically says the air is polluted and harmful to everyone. This is the worst that I've ever seen. It seems like every summer there's some sort of fire in California that affects Colorado. And as a result, because we get all the smoke, but this is probably the worst year. It's, it's, it's crazy. been bad. It's yeah. been bad. Yeah, I know. I can't I can't even imagine. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine what my nose and my sinuses would be like out there with all that. Man, imagine being in California right now, though. No, like, well, imagine being in California at any time. Oh, so I know. I couldn't even. It's just. Not to say that California is not a great state. I'm just saying. Well, it's a pretty state, but they can keep their politics. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, moving forward, something that's a little more positive, Smith & Wesson. I noticed that you actually have their MMP M2.0. Have you had a chance to shoot any of their other guns? I mean, like as far as semi-autos? Yeah, anything, even if it's a wheel gun. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think who doesn't have a history with Smith & Wesson revolvers, but like the 2.0 and the, the M&P is my favorite polymer pistol by far. Yeah. like I like a lot, but by far, it's just a great pistol. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know I'm about to piss all the Glock fanboy can you cuss on your show? Yeah, yeah. Okay, true. all right. Yeah, I like to live in the real world. We all can right. sugarcoat life and whatever, but at the end of the day, you hear cursing here and there. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, honestly, I think where Glock is lacking, Smith is also lacking a little bit, but I mean, it's an easy fix for, on both. But then Smith gains points because of the grip angle. I just hate the Glock grip angle. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Glock hater. Yeah. I just recognize the differences, you know, and it works better for me. The palm swells are great. And then like functioning, like I haven't seen a Smith. Well, I mean, I've seen Glocks and Smiths malfunction, but, and I've seen other polymer crystals malfunction, but I mean, I've never had an issue with a Smith and it's been reliable. I mean, I have the Smith's whole line. Yeah. Know, the subcompact, the compact, the full size, the 425, the five inch. I've got the Shield Easy, the new Shield Plus, like, so. Dang. You, know I mean? you yeah. might have more Smith & Wesson pistols than I do, and I'm sponsored by them. Hey, there you go. I got to speak to somebody over at Smith and see what's going on here. 
yeah. And, and, and let's, let's bring that sponsorship this way. Yeah. Well, I had Joe Schmo on the show and he has more freaking Smith pistols than I do. <laughs> Except Joe Schmo is spelled Argo J. So yeah, make sure you, you get that shit correct. Listen, I might've just ran into your biggest fan. Okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I agree though. Honestly, they... though. I mean, I've run a, in a class where it's outperformed blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. it has and accuracy matters. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's, you know, yes, there's some deficiencies in, in the barrel, but that's with any barrel mm-hmm. that you get on a polymer pistol. Like there's perfection nowhere, but I think it's still out of the box, more accurate than Glock. Now, if you start yeah. going into aftermarket, like match grade barrels and things like that, I mean, you can go both ways and I think they're neck and neck, but you just can't really change that grip angle on the Glock. So yeah, it, uh, the Glock still loses for me. Yeah, I actually used to be like, the biggest fan of Glock. That was my go-to polymer pistol. And then I started shooting more Smith & Wessons. And I have noticed that it's definitely a lot more accurate and it absorbs a lot of the recoil more than Glocks. I do think that they're definitely pretty close, but I would say the Smith & Wesson definitely wins hands down. If you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to smith-wesson.com. All right, Argo, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while. I don't know why it's taken me four years. Can you believe the show's been around now for four years? I mean, I can. I see you out here pumping and doing your thing. I can. You're working hard. But still, it still kind of seems like it's been two years. But as of this month, it has been now officially four years since I put out my first episode. And yeah, I keep grinding away. I keep wondering when I'm going to hit it big. But at least there's still some people listening to me. So as long as there's listeners, I will continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, are you going to insert like the applause, the studio audience applause? Yeah, definitely going to insert those applause. It makes me feel a little bit better. But for <laughs> any listeners who aren't familiar with who you are, can you just give us a little bit of background? Yeah. You know, my name is Argo J. That's spelled triple A, R-G-O, <laughs> J-A-Y. I am just an American who wants to make sure that all other Americans enjoy and help secure their liberties here in our country. That's my overall goal. Okay. And then what is it that you do in the industry? In the industry, I'm more, see, I don't do what I do because of a role or, you know, a title like that shit is whack to me. So everybody's like, you're an influencer or you're an advocate. I mean, I guess so. But what I do is just try to make things different and better for you know my son who just walked in the other room and mm-hmm. people who come behind me and the rest of our americans so you know i'm heavy into the advocacy part of it now it wasn't so much at first so much uh, at first when i jumped on it was guns and gear you know the cool tactical stuff and mm-hmm. all that crap but uh that kind of evolved because everybody's doing tactical yeah but who's actually out here trying to make things different and make things better and help fight the fight that we have on our hands because it is a fight and some people would like to remain oblivious to that fact. And it's just asinine to me Mm -hmm. when you think about it. Yeah. You want, you want to exercise these rights, but you don't want to do anything to help protect and secure these rights. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of people that are in the industry, I think it's kind of similar. They started off, Hey, I really like this gun. Let's talk about it. Let's educate people on guns. And then if nothing else, the last couple of years, anybody who gives a damn about preserving our rights, I think you realize, damn, I have to take a stand and start voicing my opinion and getting political. And I think that that's happened with a lot of people that typically didn't even really take much of a political stance in previous years. But it's kind of what we have to do at this point, because I don't think in previous years, I've never seen 
so many potential gun laws that are trying to take away our rights. It's almost unfathomable. I mean, it is. It is. It amazes me. And, you know, I try to stay apolitical for the overall view of America. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the sides who tend to push the anti-gun legislation and policy and just are blindly oblivious to the truth of the matter, it tends to be more left, right? Mm -hmm. But don't get me wrong, there are people on the right who are the same way and in the middle. So, you know, I can't, you know, not put fault and blame on them too. But right now, that's what I'm speaking about. And it, it just it just boggles my mind that that kind of thinking is so, so prominent. And mm -hmm. it's like, we want to honor the Constitution in X, Y, and Z ways, but not in A, B, and C ways. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, they can use constitutionality, constitutionality for an argument when it's against somebody or something they don't like all the time. It's against the Constitution. It's this, that, and the other. It's unconstitutional. They, I mean, you know, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, like they threw that shit out at Trump all day long. Mm -hmm. Like it's unconstitutional. He's doing X, Y, and Z. It's unconstitutional. Right? Yeah. But then their candidates lobby and run on platforms based in an unconstitutional practice. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand, like, we can't have that selective ideology. We can't do that. We can't say, oh, it's good for you know, the constitution is good at this point, but at this point it's bad. Either it's the whole thing or get the hell out of the country. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just my thoughts on it though. So. Yeah, definitely. Have you always been into firearms or did you come into it later on in life? No, I mean, you know, this is America. So it's like what child, and I can't say boy because girls do it too. What kid doesn't come up, you know, with a, you know, fondness and an admiration for firearms. It's just as I got older, you know, my curiosity grew, my passion for it grew as along with my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that by the time I did reach adulthood, I could delve into it a whole lot more and yeah. a lot more in detail. But no, I've always been into guns. But. Well, I kind of hate to bring up your race because it's kind of similar to me. They're like, what's it like being a girl in the industry? And I'm just like, oh my God, if somebody asked me that question one more time. But I, I, I hate running. I'm not even in a race. Yeah. Well, I like it. But I only ask that because any other African-Americans that I've had on the show, well, the black community, they typically don't like guns or they've seen it. They've grown up with a very negative outlook on firearms just because it's either gang members that have it or police officers. But it's typically not so common in most households. I mean, I mean, but I, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. So, you know, you can still have that admiration and still be part of that social construct of firearms mm -hmm. that has been built. You know what I mean? So it's not inaccurate, you know, and neither is, you know, my, ex my, my experience with firearms. You can have both because in, in our household, it was the same. My parents weren't necessarily anti-gun, but there was no gun in the household type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, even to the fact of the matter, when I got a little, I saved up my allowance money and bought a little Beretta 92, cap gun you know and back then they look real mm -hmm. you know they look yeah. very real like you fuck around and get killed pulling that shit out yeah <laughs> like like there was there was no there was no orange tip like none of that shit this shit was hard plastic heavy and it looked real yeah so anyway but you know when i bought that i had to sneak it in the house and hide it and then when my mom found it she would take it and hide it i'm like i'm why don't you just throw it away because i'm gonna find it yeah you know what i mean so and then <laughs> i would get it back and and all that and you know finally i had i, I got it and i had a good hiding place and then I ended up being a kid, taking it to school and losing it. Oh, my um, gosh. 
Yeah. What was that like? Did everybody lose their mind? No, nobody knew. Like, I, I think another kid stole it from me. Oh, like, okay. You know, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those stupid things I should have never taken it to school in the first place. Yeah. Man, I still think about that gun to this day. I do. I do. I, like, you have no idea the love I had for that gun. Yeah. You know, and I was so upset. I remember when the little screws rusted on it, like, because I had it, I had it hidden in the basement and it was kind of dark and damp down there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it got rusted and I was mad. Like I was putting cooking oil on it, trying to get the rust off. Like it, was, yeah, it was, it was real. Damn. The love was real. I wish I could go back in time and gift you another one. That makes me feel really bad. <laughs> I mean, but you know, I grew up in the whole era where like we had like intertech guns that looked real, real, mm-hmm. like the Uzis and, you know, yeah. like the other handguns. And, yeah. you know, we, we would take those to school and there'd be no problem. They were yeah. just toys. Mm-hmm. Like there was no issue until those guns that, you know, those intertexts like really started causing a problem in the communities mm-hmm. where people were getting killed and then all of a sudden or, or hurt. And then all of a sudden, no, we couldn't take them to school and all that. I mean, they were water guns, like yeah. but they looked super real. Yeah, I remember that. I actually even had some water guns that looked really real. Now that I'm thinking about it, they weren't just that clear. Plastic, no. Yeah. They, were, they literally, I thought I was snake eyes running around here. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm so disappointed. In the, I don't know, I'm a big comic book nerd, so, you know, we'll talk about that. Though. The movie Snake Eyes is trash. Yeah, well, honestly, I haven't really gotten into the whole comic thing. I'm not oh. very nerdy. Even Star Wars and Star Trek, I've never watched it. Yeah, I don't know if you can even really be American and not have Yeah, those. I don't. I mean, like, I don't really care. I mean, Star Trek is cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Star Trek fan, but Star Wars, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know what? I'll put it on my bucket list at some point. And there's so many parallels to society, and especially right now with how people are corrupt and, and those in power are mm-hmm. abusing it. So, like, there's so many parallels with star wars all right all right i'll have to check it out okay just kind of walk me through your life a little bit because right now so you are a teacher and i know you don't really put that out there as much but you actually might be one of the first teachers i've had on the show and i don't want to say that most teachers are anti-gun because they're actually not here in colorado i've actually taught quite a few schools so that they're able to carry in school but i guess you typically would think that and if i look at my college professors they're typically a little bit more left-leaning but what is that like working in a school and your peers? Do they know what you do? And if so, what reactions do you get? Yeah, they totally know I'm Batman. They totally do. Mm-hmm. So, but no, they do. They know, you know, and the reactions, I've never received a negative reaction ever. Oh, nice. I think that, and, and maybe I'm the anomaly. I don't know. But, uh, you know, but I've never received a negative reaction. I've always received curiosity i've always received support and because i do basic instruction i've always gotten clients from it Mm -hmm. so yeah no i've never you know even to the fact where recently two young men were having a discussion inappropriately about guns because that's what they know the inappropriate side of guns because that's what music and media and even like i said those social constructs teach us you know especially at a young influenceable age and instead of wilding out the teacher brought them down to me and asked me if I could talk to them. And I had a great talk with them, you know, which ended by saying, Hey, you know, it, cause they asked me, Oh, well, can you teach us? Can you do this, that, and the other? And I'm like, no, that's something that your parents have to decide for you. So if mm-hmm. your parents have questions, they can feel free to call me and, you know, I can guide them, but that's up to them. But mm-hmm. you as young men and young black men, cause I don't use the term African-American, but as young black men, 
you know, have to understand that in America, there's a line that we must walk just because everything that happens to us happens to us because of the one thing we can't change. And the first thing that anybody ever sees, and that unfortunately is the color of our skin. Never do I play victim, but I'm not oblivious to the fact of the truth here in America, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and I teach them that. So yes, there is a way to own firearms responsibly young men, but you have to go through these levels before you can get there. Mm -hmm. And right now, the only way you can get there is talking to your parents about it and making sure that they're educated. Now, if they want to become educated, they can come talk to me and I will educate them correctly so that they can then educate you. But I can't, you know, jump in there. I like that, though, because I think that a lot of teachers kind of overstep their boundaries, whether it's any type of politics and you don't want to push, I guess, guns onto them. Just like I wouldn't appreciate it if somebody was, I don't have a kid, but if I had a kid that was going to school and they were pushing religion or politics or any of that stuff on them, sometimes eh, I think that could be left out. But oh, I had a I had a principal who would come on every morning and talk crap about Trump. Like, oh, and, I'm, and again, understand, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Yeah. I am conservative as hell. And I do, you know, speak the truth and look for the truth. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in support of Trump that I went off, but I would have to go off and then tell, well, not go off, but I would have to go and re-educate my students on why the principal was saying what she said and the actual truth of the matter based in fact and not emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and I loved it also because it allowed me to teach them how to begin to think for themselves yeah, and don't follow, you know, the narrative that's always being pushed or the ignorance or the regurgitation of ignorance that is so prominent in society. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but what are your thoughts on teachers being able to carry in school? I did a whole video on it. It's an old YouTube video because, you know, when I first started out, I started out on YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, and I did a whole video on it. And I still believe that teachers should be able to carry in school because we are the first line of defense when it comes to the protection and safety of your child. Mm -hmm. Do I believe every teacher should just be able to say, oh, I have a CCW I can carry? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I know some teachers who can't handle first and second graders, let alone big high school kids and things like that. And, and, And when you have teachers who don't come from the same parts of society that some of their students may come from, regardless of demographic, you know, things People are intimidated. There's mm-hmm. some weak ass teachers out here who I'm afraid will end up hurting somebody. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think that the training process has to be very, very serious, very dedicated. The teachers have to be committed to it, you know, uh, as well as understanding what all comes with carrying a firearm. There's a lot to unpack emotionally and mentally if you ever have to use your firearm. Mm-hmm. And doing all of that while remaining professional as public school educator or as an educator period is a lot. I mean, it's no different than being a parent, but now you have that legal aspect, you know, where you have more things against you, but that doesn't deter me in my thoughts or in my feelings. Like I still believe that we should be able to carry Mm -hmm. because again, you know, I'd want my child to be protected safely or at least have school resource officers who are armed in all the schools, not just schools in the so 
called inner city you know like like every school yeah i mean when when that columbine shit went down like you know having a resource officer in the inner city wouldn't have you know prevented that shit if there wasn't one there Mm -hmm. but who knows what would have happened if there would have been one there yeah or at sandy hook or down in florida you know what i mean at parkland you know what i mean so who knows well shit there was one there who didn't do his damn job yeah so so and and i get it like it's a scary thing which Mm -hmm. is why everybody shouldn't have a gun you know, you shouldn't carry a gun professionally if you're not ready to get in there and get in the fire and, you know, put your feet in the fire. Yeah. You just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. So but what, to answer your question, yeah, I'm the teachers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And I like your answer because I don't think that every teacher, I look back to some of my teachers and man, I got to say some of them were fucking whack jobs. And then others, it's also, it comes with a huge emotional responsibility and And I also don't think that it's right for us to just put that on our teachers. If they want to take on that responsibility and train, then I think that they should absolutely, but they should definitely go through extensive training and make sure that they realize what they're signing up for. I sound like a broken record, but I think that obviously gun-free zones are susceptible to these things happening. And whoever doesn't realize that at this point is clearly just an idiot. Yeah, they're just just fooling themselves. Yeah. Changing it up a little bit. So what made you get started on social media? Uh, I think at the time, you know, I was on social media before social media was social media, you know, but not necessarily, you know, my daughter kind of started me out on it when Instagram first hit the the scene and it was dope because I like to take photos and, you know, she and I were heavy into real photography. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that just left when social media actually happened. But anyway, but Instagram was super dope for that because it was about, you know, the photos and taking snapshots of your life and different parts and pieces and sharing them with the world. So it was cool. But then it became this huge marketing platform, even before like all the nonsense, it became a a great space for people to be engaged with, you know, uh, big companies or product or tech or cars or whatever you were into, even celebrities, you know, it was almost the next best thing to being right there with them because the engagement and the interaction was so, so, it was just there, you yeah. know, there was just so much of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything changed and, you know, they got bought out, all the nonsense started to happen. And then we get all the the drama that we get today on there and then social media in and of itself changed. But social media, you know, was a great way to share your voice with multiple people mm-hmm. at one time. And that's, that was the beauty of it because saying, Hey, look at our rights requires a voice you know and social media was just the perfect platform to to execute that that mission so Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree okay taking a quick break real quick talking about primary arms if you guys are wanting to build something new primary arms is a ton of parts on sale right now all kinds of AR parts, match triggers for $129, lower parts kit, FN barrels that are almost $100 off, Magpul stocks for only $32. Literally just about everything you need to build an AR is on sale right now. Not only do they have AR parts, they've got a bunch of Glock mags, weapon lights, bags, so much more. If you're looking to upgrade your AR or just build another one, Primary Arms is definitely the place to check out. And as always, if you guys find a primary arms optic that you like, right now they're killing it in the optics game. Don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A. You'll receive a free scope mount with every primary arms optic. Also, if you click on the link in the show notes, 
it's actually an affiliate link. So I will get a small portion of the sale. So it's a good way to help the show. Uh, You could check all that out at primaryarms.com. Recently, you did a great speech for the virtual 2022A rally. Tell us a little bit what you talked about and how it was received by the community. I don't remember what I talked about like that. Oh, you know what I boy, mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Argo, no, honestly, come on. <laughs> like, I literally didn't write that speech and it went off the top of my head. So it was, I mean, I had to edit it, of course, but yeah. like I was just speaking off the top of my head. I don't know what it's usually whatever I talk about, like our rights and how important they are and how much they mean, especially as a parent, but just as Americans overall and how everybody has the uh, right, despite of our differences. Every American has the right, every human, but every American has the right specifically to defend themselves and to protect themselves and to decide which manner they do it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody has the right to take that from us. And I think we have become so complacent. And I say we as a collective, you know, we have become so complacent that people really believe. I think I put this out in the post the other day. People really believe that the right to protect themselves isn't up to them, but it's not a choice. And it is, Mm -hmm. it's you either choose to protect yourself and be your own first line of defense, or you rely on somebody else for that and open yourself up to victimhood. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't believe in that whole victimization mindset, that whole victim yeah. thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Shit happens. Yeah. Dude, I couldn't but, freaking agree with you more. I feel like certain people experience things in life and it either makes or breaks you. But so many people choose to just play that victim path. And it annoys me to no end. That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Right. Or buy into it so much so yeah. that they say I can't I know. because of because I don't, I don't you know, I think a lot of people are victims and don't realize they've been even victimized you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah because they, they're victims of compliance and and social constructs and the same sort of antiquated ideologies that have been passed on mm-hmm. generationally and in the communities and socially so you know yeah. there's a whole lot that is deteriorating us and our evolution into a more progressive liberty-based play, uh, uh country so mm-hmm. yeah Tell us about Black Ops, the documentary, and your goals for it. Uh, So Black Ops is a documentary that I wrote some years ago now. And the funny and good thing about that is that time has allowed me to add more things that have become more relevant to the documentary. But what Black Ops is, or what it stands for, it stands for Black Opinion in Popular Society, how Black Americans are viewed when it comes to firearms. And my major goal for it is to finish getting it published and that, I mean, produced. That is the only thing that is, you know, in the forefront when it comes to Black Ops. It's been written, it's been rewritten, it's been rewritten again. And right now, collecting funding to get it in production is the major goal. Mm -hmm. So if anybody would like to help with that, they can go to my website and uh, the link to to donate is on the website. And that's uh, argoj.com and three A's, A-A-A. R-G-O-J-A-Y.com, and you can donate to Black Ops Documentary. You can read more about it there also okay. uh, and see, see some other cool stuff I got going on. But yeah, the documentary is, uh, is definitely something that still needed apparently because sadly, we keep going in this same circle of life that puts us behind the eight ball, us being Black Americans. Uh, and people say, oh, racism isn't real and it doesn't exist and this, that, and the other. I can point you in any direction and show you what real racism looks like. Not that I'm, again, playing the victim. It's real. 
and if you know me or if anybody does know me, they know that I don't, I have thick ass skin. I don't play the race card, so to speak. I don't do that, but I'm not oblivious and I'm not ignorant Mm -hmm. uh, to the truth of the matter. And what I consider, you know, and I have to say this too, because I think a lot of times when people hear a black person talking about race, they're like, oh, here we go again. But it's not that. And I think that the word racism and and the term racism has been used so much and for things that aren't racist, that it's ridiculous and it's and it's got things kind of convoluted. But we have to understand that race is one thing. Racism is another. Mm-hmm. So while certain acts may be rooted in racism, other acts may be rooted in, in things that happen because of race, not necessarily racism. And we have to understand that the line between the two is thin, but it's still there. So we have to be able to differentiate between actual racism and things that happen because of race. And what I mean by that is like, take, take for example, the young lady cop who shot the dude and meant to go for her taser, right? Take that, for example. Do you remember that whole mm-hmm. yeah. incident? All right. So I don't think that her actions were racially motivated. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I mean, say we're, we're rooted in racism. Okay. I don't think she was a racist. Now I do think they happened because of the fear of black men. You know what I mean? And it began to kind of get her off her square and she failed, you know, and she slipped in her training and went for her gun instead of her taser. You know, I do think that that happens, but that's not because she was racist. It was because of a racial ideology, mm-hmm. which is different. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it seems the same and it almost feels the same. But it's not. And we have to be able to discern what's real, what's live and what's memorex, because true racism is kind of masked when that happens. And the things that really matter that are really racist get overlooked or just, you know, get blended in with all the bullshit that's not real. Mm -hmm. So, like, we have to be very careful when we call something racist or somebody's doing it or they're racist. I mean, that they're a racist or it's because of racism. But things happen because of race all the time. And it happens both ways. You know, black people don't understand a lot of stuff that white Americans do and you act misinformed accordingly, you know, or any other race. You know, we don't, we're not up on every other race's culture. And that doesn't happen because we're racist. It just happens because of our racial differences. So, you know, we have to be careful when we talk about that. But. You said maybe because of the ideologies that she had. Why do you think that she'd have those ideologies? Because that's what we're taught, you know, we, I mean, and we're all taught it. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, like when I walk into a room, the first thing a person sees is a black man, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And whatever prejudice and preconceived notions that you have, you know, about black people or black men specifically are the next thing that pop in your head, whether mm-hmm. they be good, bad or indifferent, you know, it's a fact, like it doesn't happen. And that doesn't happen for everybody else. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you know, it's just, it's just something that has been accepted and has become part of um, and it happens both ways like there are black people that do that i do it so it's not even it's not even like i'm saying it's you know everybody bad because they do it you know against black people it's just something that happens mm-hmm. well, but it's 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 the reality of things here in america you know what i mean yeah and it could also be experiences not just what they were taught for example born and raised in colorado it's predominantly white i think i have 10 black people in my school And then went to school in New York City. That was the first time that I was really around all these other ethnicities. And my first apartment after I graduated college was in Harlem. I was definitely the outcast. 
And it was actually a beautiful apartment. It was Madison and 125th Street. 125th Street is pretty well known for those who are familiar with New York. But it was interesting because I didn't really, I didn't have any experience growing up with Black people. But being in Harlem, I experienced so much BS. People would constantly cut me all the time when I was in line. I'd walk down the street, they'd call me Snow White or Britney, as in Britney Spears. You know, no, not just, as in Britney Spears, just as in all white girls are named Britney. Oh. Okay, so see, even that. <laughs> why do they call me Britney? That's not my name, no. But and it was just stuff that you experienced that here you come. I'd like to think I had a pretty clean slate because I hadn't even really been exposed to other ethnicities, not just black, but just, you know, ethnicities in general, because I grew up in a mostly white population. And again, if I was racist or had any sort of pre perception of any of that, I don't think I would choose to live in Harlem where I would be seen as sort of an outcast. I was just whatever. We're all the same. And then certain experiences, same thing with white men, I could say, well, maybe my dating hasn't gone the best. I've been cheated on. So as a result, you can't help but kind of become a little jaded and screw men or all men, not just white men or pigs. I think also experiences through life sort of create that as well. No, I mean, I totally agree. And, you know, <laughs> like, like, I don't know, my, my mind went to making a whole bunch of jokes, but on a more serious note. <laughs> you can make jokes about it. I laughed about it, but I really didn't stay there that often. Um, I think I stayed in that apartment for like six months and then I left because I, I can't handle this. I didn't want to be in that situation. And I honestly, I really didn't feel that safe. But initially I was pretty, I guess, I don't want to say ignorant. I was just, I guess, experiencing something. And you know what? We're all the same at the end of the day. I could live here and... I don't know. It was weird. And then the tables were turned. Now I suddenly felt how maybe the 10 black kids that were in my school felt when you're suddenly completely out of your comfort zone and you realize you look around, nobody looks like me. People can say what they want to say, but at the end of the day, it's an uncomfortable feeling. And But here's the caveat to that. So, so you being in an area like that in Harlem, mm -hmm. you know, people might joke and call you snowflake or call you snow bunny or what they say, Brittany or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but, but it comes from love because we do that to each other. You know what I mean? And people look at you and see you're different and say, Hey, I see you, but guess what? I still see you. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's not like, whereas like for me, say, Hey, yeah. Whereas but, you for know, me, you look at those I don't know what that is. School, right? yeah. You look at those 10 black kids in your school. Like a lot of times they're not accepted probably, you know, as much as they should have been. There may have been, you know, the, the couple cool ones or whatever. But for the most part, you know, they don't get the same acceptance socially that the other kids do. Yeah. And it's just it's just real. Well, I so, wouldn't say yeah. everything. My entire experience was out of love because there's people that will talk crap to me. I remember one guy specifically. Yeah, but that's just people, though. That's just people. Yeah. You know, people are going to talk crap. Well, I remember but, one guy specifically cut me at Starbucks. And well, what are you going to do about it? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he in a dick. Yeah. Like, that's just dicks, and they're dicks of all colors. Yeah. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, the same thing with cops. When everyone was hating on cops, there are bad cops out there. Absolutely. Some of the stuff that I witnessed in New York, I remember talking to my mom about it, especially, and this is when I lived in Harlem, and God, they're so mean to these people. And I'm sure it has to do with, they're probably just fed up. They see this crap over and over again. And I'd imagine there's certain industries that you work in where it just again it kind of just makes you jaded but at the end of the day it doesn't mean that the entire industry or the entire race or whatever is that type 
you know, there's people of all races, ages, whatever industries. And, you know, it's not to say that we need to categorize them as jerks or whatever. I think being a bitch and being a pussy transcends demographics. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Transcends race and color because it's like you got to. I remember a few years back, there was civil unrest here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, made worldwide news. It was because a young black man was shot and killed by the police. This was before the whole BLM thing got popular. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is well before that, you know, but this was right after, I mean, and I I don't mean popular, I should say mainstream and co-opted. But anyway, you know, and it was right after the uh, the Ferguson thing and whatever, and the city went up in fire. Like it literally went up in flames for, you know, a few square miles even where my son was staying at his grandmother's house. I was right in the middle of the hot zone and I legitimately had to go kid up and go get my family out of there. Like I was in fucking Fallujah or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it was stupid and ridiculous. And then come to find out that the police officer that shot the young black man was also a young black man. You know what I mean? So, so wait a minute. So now where's the racism? Where's yeah. the racial outrage that made you burn our city? Like you legit burned our city because you thought something was racist. And it turns out it was a black dude. And and there's a lot of speculation and I don't spread rumor, but this is you know somewhat based in fact. We just have to piece the puzzle pieces together and figure it out. But the young man that was shot was potentially going to out the cop as being bisexual. Oh, wow. uh, Right. And we don't know if that's a fact, but we do know that several months after he killed this young man, he raped another young man, told him he could do whatever he wanted because he was a cop and dropped dude off, you know, at the hospital, told him to, you know, keep his mouth shut. The dude didn't keep his mouth shut. Now this fucker's in jail. But that's a bitch with a badge. That's not a decent law enforcement officer. To the men and women every day that put their lives on the line and walk with honor and pride and some sense of service to the community that they serve, like my hat goes off to them. Yeah. But to those bitches who abuse power in any way, no matter Mm -hmm. what color you are, you can eat a dick. And that's just how it is. Like, you know, I legit, you know, and law enforcement is a part of my history. If people don't know, you know, I was set to go to uh, Fletzy and then I injured myself and the hiring freeze went on for federal law enforcement. And then by the time it was, out or or lifted rather uh i was too old i had aged out so oh dang yeah but i mean hell i mean there'd be no argo j so yeah i guess it worked out yeah i know in a way it always kind of just falls into place all right changing up a little bit actually i have one of your t-shirts the i lost my mags in a voting accident what does this mean to you because you hear people all the time oh sorry don't have any guns lost it in a voting accident and for a while it was funny and now all right dude it's not even funny anymore we're not hiding shit. We're going to stand our ground and fight for this. Nobody's taking any of our property. And I think that I saw something, you made a comment that was kind of similar. So what does this mean to you? You know, like, first of all, for the people that don't know and that hear it, like my shirt reads, uh, I lost all my mags in a voting accident, not voting. It's a voting with a V. So, you know, it's kind of along those same lines, but it's not really saying that I'm going to hide. Like, you know, we have to play a bigger part in our political scene in America. We have to, and we have to become more active because our rights are at risk. And so when they come for things like 
what they call high capacity magazines, but we know them to be standard magazines, just mm-hmm. a magazine. When they come for things like that, you know, sometimes our complacency and our compliance with other things gives them the ground to do so and gives them the power to do so and to believe that they can. And we have to make sure that we start on the small local levels and we put the people in place that mirror our ideologies, as long as those ideologies are not harmful to other human beings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't put some dude who legit hates Jewish people and wants to kill all Jewish people or wants to hurt women or, you know, that kind of dude. Do you say that because I'm Jewish? No, I didn't even know you were Jewish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so, but like, uh, I was actually thinking of my buddy Yehuda when I said that, because we just literally had this conversation. Yeah. So The pew pew Jew, if anybody's, you know. Yeah. We have to make sure that we put those people in place locally so that when it comes to the federal races and the federal government, that we have so many voices that actually match the voices of the people that they can't ignore us. You know, and that's a that's a tactic and a strategy that people don't understand and they're not willing to because it's too much like work. You know, and we've become too complacent and we're just too accepting of x y and z and we're not really in the fight but we say we're in the fight but we're not really in the fight Mm -hmm. so you know this is just another tool in a fight you use all the tools available like this is another tool a powerful tool that we can utilize i mean you look at what mom's demand action is doing Mm -hmm. like they're legitimately it's called demand a seat they're legitimately grooming candidates that are specifically fighting for anti-gun principles to become members of local state and federal government yeah. they are they are grooming it in the millions of dollars and there are millions of dollars being spent and funneled into this programming mm-hmm. and yeah. guess what they're not wrong if that's what they believe in mm-hmm. that's how they get it done yeah but we're so busy infighting and calling people out because oh no he's gay or he or she's a jew or he or she's black or they're different or whatever you know what i mean yeah and they're a democrat or a republican or whatever like you you like x y and z or you like trump and like get the hell out of here yeah this is doing nothing but continuing to lay the groundwork for them to do what they're going to do because instead of counterattacking, instead of counterpunching, we're sleeping yeah we're sleeping while they're continuing to fight yeah so Yeah, which we're going to talk about this later on in the show, exactly what they're doing. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Wrapping it up a little bit, do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, like uh, I've got some some big things coming up with the USCCA. We just had a couple of events here and uh, well, our kickoff event uh, for the Reality Check series uh, here in Milwaukee. And it was a big success. And we're looking to take that on the road. Nice. Yeah, so uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and check uh, the videos on USCCA's page. I have reshared some, but we just had a great panel and a great weekend of informing the people, kind of impromptu pop-up kind of thing with training and just conversation. And we had a media panel and it was big. So like I said, we're going to take this on the road. So yeah, you can look out for the reality check with uh, Argo J and everybody else at USCCA. And if, you, if you're not familiar with USCCA, Guys, so definitely check them out. All right, cool. And then where can people find you again? What's your website, social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, on social media, I am Argo J on everything, even though I don't really use or utilize Twitter 
or Facebook that much, but you can still find me there every once in a while. I'll pop in, but I'm heavy on Instagram and that's Argo J spelled A-A-A-R-G-O-J-A-Y altogether, Argo J. My website is argoj.com. You can check out everything there. I've got merch there. I've got links to donate to the documentary. I've got training links up. I've got all kind of different stuff up. So okay. you can uh, check that out. There's a blog coming soon. So, All right, cool. I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys. IWI. If you're into bull pups, you definitely need to check out the Devor X95. The X95 is the latest generation, has a new fire control group and ambidextrous mags compared to the old Tavor SAR. The foreign has removable rail covers so that you can attach accessories and a modular pistol grip so that you can swap it to a standard trigger guard and lower profile bolt release. And the really cool thing is there are multiple calibers available. So you can get it in 300 blackout, 556, 9mm. Also, they have a dedicated left-hand version available for those who are left-handed which let's face it, a lot of manufacturers still aren't catering to people who are left-handed. Check those out at iwi.us. Don't forget, if you find any accessories that you want to buy in their web store, just use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. I'm sure you've heard about this. It's kind of all over the internet lately. Bill to regulate most modern rifles under the NFA. H.R. 4953 was introduced last Friday by Florida Democrat Ted. I don't know why I want to say douche, but it's Dutch. When I first read, I was like, Ted douche, Dutch. You wouldn't be wrong. I know. Ted Dutch. There's some odd things about it right now from the start. Usually bills like this are available to read. There's nothing available on the congress.gov page listing the bill. There's nothing on Ted Dutch's website. Usually bills are on the sponsor site immediately as well as on the congressional page. This one has essentially been submitted in secret. All we know is the title and it's quote, to amend the internal revenue code of 1986 to subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act and semi-automatic rifle that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine. That would put essentially all modern semi-auto under the NFA, including a 1022, which is ridiculous. That's used to hunt varmint and train smaller kids. Dutch said after submitting the bill, quote, Congress passed the National Firearms Act after the 1929 Valentine's Day massacre to tightly regulate certain machine guns and shotguns. It's time to update this law and regulate the weapon of choice in mass shootings, which is semi-automatic rifles. You can bet that this would include any pistol similar to rifle design and probably a lot of other things, including shotguns. Absent, of course, from his talking points is the fact that the FBI crime statistics from the 2019 list, rifles of every kind were used in only 364 out of 13,297 homicides. Knives were used in 1,476 and hands or feet were used in 600. The bill has gone to Democrat-controlled Ways and Means Committee for consideration and has eight co-sponsors. At present, it would seem like this could pass Congress, but it probably won't pass Senate. We still all need to be writing our representatives on this, though, to make sure that they know that this is unacceptable. 
This is just the kind of bill that the Biden administration would love to slip through, just like the unjust race and the firearm definition changes that they're trying to do. It would literally turn millions of people into felons. So make sure that you guys stay active, write your representatives. If you haven't already done so, be sure to comment on the firearms definition and braces. We only have so much time to continue to do that. If you guys are looking for direct links, I've got a guide up at gunfunny.com forward slash news. Argo, what do you think about this? This is insane. Cool. So now I got my bolt action guns for self-defense. Give me a freaking break. Well, you have to realize and you have to understand that self-defense isn't really a right of the people that is afforded to them by Mm -hmm. the Constitution. So how dare we believe or think that Mm -hmm. we have the right to own whatever we want to own to protect ourselves. We are silly. Yeah. Right. You know, but I mean, that's, that's, that's just what I'm, that's exactly, that speaks to what I was saying earlier. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. People are, people are actively fighting against you. Yeah. They are legitimately slapping you in the face and you're standing there doing nothing. They are legitimately punching you in your gut in front of your kids and saying, Hey, your little ones are next and you're doing nothing. We have to remain vigilant. Like screaming Molan Labe and all that bullshit. You can suck my ass for that. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. But like, seriously, like, like what you have to do is be vocal. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time. Like I email my relationship with Senator Ron Johnson, who's uh, one of my senators who I know is supportive mm-hmm. of constitutionality, constitutionality. And he's a constitutionalist himself. I'm not necessarily a gun guy, but he's a constitutionalist. And if it's in there, it's in there. And if we try to attack one, we attack it all and we put the rest up for attack. So, yeah. you know, he's not about that. And, you know, when I first sat down to meet with him, he was the only one who would meet with me. The only one of my reps that would meet with me. the only one of the senators that would meet with me, even on the local level. There was nobody here in the city that wanted to be. I went to school and grew up and played ball with one of the dudes who's a local representative here in the city in the city. And he wouldn't meet with you. And he wouldn't meet with me when it came to dealing with firearms. So much so in fact, that I even counseled him on what firearm he should buy. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, like this is the, this is the, this is. Unfortunately, the problem is, is politicians. And I just recently told somebody this, both parties at this point, I think politicians, most of them are just scum. Regardless if you're Democrat, Republican, I think that, once you reach a certain point, it boils down to who's paying the money. And a lot of this is just all revolved around money. It's not really revolved around fixing problems. And if that was the case, they would concentrate more on why do people feel a need that it's okay to just have a mass shooting and take people's lives and not respect other living beings and why are suicide rates so high and just stuff like that. Nobody's concentrating on actual problems that are taking lives or Swimming pools. Why aren't people taking more swimming lessons? There's tons of deaths related to drownings every year. Why are people eating better? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It is really frustrating, but I definitely think that what will motivate them is if this is what the people want, if this is what ultimately we are voting for these people to either serve another term or not, if they continuously see that people are against this, I think that that is going to have an impact. So Stop thinking that your voice isn't heard or that it doesn't count. Ultimately, I would like to think that there's a lot of power in numbers. Absolutely. All right, moving forward. Manicore Arms. (music) 
if you guys have the X95, like I just talked about that IWI makes, you should consider some of their stuff, changing out a lot of their parts. They offer the curved butt pad, which is absolutely essential. It really makes it more comfortable for shooting. They have the cantilever forend, which free floats the barrel and gives you a rock solid place to put your M-Lock accessories. Then there's the switchback charging handle, which gives you the option to do that HK slab while have it tucked nicely out of the way when you don't need it. And if you want to run suppress the gasket and port cover to prevent gas blowback in your face, which nobody likes the gas in the face, you definitely want to check that out. You can get all of those parts at manorcorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word. That's going to get you 15% off. And that is again at manorcorearms.com. Today's Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. And actually, I did talk about this last week, but I posted something on social media about how SIG should back down. And there was quite a few questions that arise from this. Somebody asked, what's the deal with SIG not being on the list of companies sued by Mexico? And it is kind of weird. SIG has a big $5.5 million order pending from Mexico's government for full auto machine guns. And SIG was suspiciously absent from the list of companies named in the bogus lawsuit filed by Brady campaign. Was it for sure because of the order? Who really knows? Either way, I think we're all kind of hoping that maybe SIG decides to stand with all the other American gun manufacturers and tell Mexico that they could buy from someone else. Because ultimately, if these lawsuits are allowed to proceed, it will just be one more massive lawsuit after another to bankrupt the whole industry. Their grounds for suing as is is just ridiculous. But I would like to think that SIG might take a stand. $5.5 million is a lot of money, but ultimately, in hindsight, it really isn't for what could potentially come of this if it passes. I mean, SIG makes $5.5 million in like a day. In, in, in like, you know, less than a, couple a day. Of, I mean, just on the American shooters alone. Like, so, I mean, are they really missing money? Mm-hmm. When they talk about 5.5, but at the same time, I can't talk about somebody else's finances or their bottom line or what their goals are or what they have. But like, it is suspiciously funny, as mm-hmm. you said. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like why yeah it's weird like first of all why the lawsuit in the first fucking place i know and why has it even gotten as far as it has give me a freaking break well you know i know it has to stretch its legs and it it, it, once the suit is filed it has to you know go through all the proper steps but but like there's no validity to it Mm -hmm. there's there's none and the fact that people are even entertaining that mexico can do this is beyond me Mm -hmm. now Let's say by some odd chance it does happen. What does that say? Yeah. Well, you know, that opens it up because people are already trying to see the gun manufacturers. There Mm -hmm. were suits filed against uh, uh, Bushmaster. Yeah. uh, Yep. And uh, Remington and somebody else. Yeah. And it's like people are seriously trying to sue manufacturers for how a product is used by a total stranger. Yeah. You know, that has nothing to do. That's like, that's like. That's like suing Funyuns because, well, I really like Funyuns, but ultimately they made me fat. And as a result, now I have all these issues in the way that they advertise. They have all these skinny people eating the chips and it's just so BS. I like to say that's like trying to sue boxing glove manufacturers because you got knocked out in the boxing ring. Mm -hmm. Like you stepped up in there and you knew what was coming potentially. Mm -hmm. First of all, like, you know, it's a fight and that's it. But now you're upset and you want to sue the manufacturer that 
manufacture something that was used to knock you out in an event that you choose to do. And that's kind of like what America's going through. This is our right, but yet and still people are engaged. Like a lot of the crime that is happening is happening because people are engaging in these acts. In, and they're saying, you know, screw the law. I'm going to do what I want to do. But because of that, now the rest of the citizenry is being threatened. Like you can't threaten the rest of the citizenry based on the actions of the insane. And I'm calling mm-hmm. them insane just to shortly describe mm-hmm. you know, who I think they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't, you just well, can't do that. Yeah. Well, let's blame guns. Let's sue the manufacturer for what this idiot did with it. Yeah. It's also comical because the statistics that Mexico has blaming it on these manufacturers, it's so far-fetched that it has nothing to do with reality of their statistics and what's really causing these deaths and how these guns are getting into Mexico. It's okay, cool. They're just looking to point a finger at somebody, but it's the wrong finger. Oh, this gun is here. Let me see who's stamped on the side. I'm going to sue you. But here's the funny thing. If Mexico should be suing anybody, it should be the auto manufacturers because of the hundreds of thousands of drunk driving deaths that happen there all the time. So why aren't you suing all the manufacturers of the motor vehicles that people use to drunk drive in? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the same kind of asinine thinking that is going on behind this. And it's like, get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, but this is why it's important that we stand up here and we make our voices loud and strong and get together, you know, because the fight is in our faces more so than before. Yeah. And, because, and I say that because you may not see it, but it's being strengthened every day. And we'll talk about it, you know, a little yeah. later, I think, in the show. But like every day, the anti-gun camp is getting more and more people behind it. Yeah, I agree. Caldwell. If you guys have a range that you want to build up with steel targets, definitely check out Caldwell. They have some of the best and most affordable targets out there. So their one-third size IPSC AR500 silhouettes start at just $43.99. And they have eight-inch gongs. Uh, They're only $37.99. They've got everything up from full-size IPSCs and 13-inch gongs. Plus, they've got hangers for attaching them on 2x4s to T-posts. If you want something a little bit more temporary or less heavy, they've also got paper targets, pistol spinners, self-healing targets that roll around on the ground, lots of different things out there. Check their stuff out. That's at caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, and that's going to get you 10% off your first order. Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Canic introduces the Meta. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mete. Uh, Mete. Okay. Mete. Canic just announced two new pistols based on the TP9 series. You guys might recall, I think it was, I don't know, a little over maybe a year and a half, two years ago, where I reviewed the TP9. And I was really surprised with the reliability and the features that came with it, especially for such an affordable price. The new versions include a flared magwell from the factory to speed up reloads, more aggressive texture for a better grip as well as a double undercut trigger guard for the support hand, low-profile slide stops, built-in optic cuts. The previous target model had an optic cut, but it removed the rear irons when you added a red dot. This one lets you keep your rear irons to co-witness, which is something that I always preferred. 
They're designed to fit everything from the Trigicon RMR to micro optics. They've also changed this up internally so that you can completely dissemble with just the punch that comes with it, which I was reading this and I know you have one of their new guns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what does it mean that is it a little tool? For example, I remember Walter came out with a gun that you had this little plastic tool that you used to dissemble it. And I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. So when you want to disassemble the Canik, you know, it's kind of, it's similar to the Glock where, you know, you have the Glock punch, yeah. you know, so that's kind of where they're going with that. And the tool just helps you push the pins. And Okay. Uh, but let's say you lose that tool. Is it hard to dissemble no, it otherwise? I wouldn't say so because if you have any other punch that's similarly sized, you'd be okay. Okay. But just the fact that they include it, you know, and it's, I think it's more the construction of the tool because, you know, the handle on it is something that you would have to buy in an aftermarket tool usually because usually people include a tool. It's just a piece of metal and it's like, oh, how do I grip it? How do I, you know, really get it and get a firm purchase on it? Yeah. I think their big thing is that it's like perfectly built. The tool is. Okay. So if you lose it, you screwed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it just makes the breakdown and disassembly, the, the total field stripping. Okay. Of the gun, you know, that much easier. Okay. It also comes with 18 and 20 round mags, the mag loader, the mag well cleaning kit, two optic plates, extra back straps, and a reversal inside, outside the waistband holster. MSRP is $519 for the STF and $574.99 for the SFX, which is pretty freaking affordable, especially for everything that you're getting. When you reviewed this gun, what were your thoughts? I haven't really reviewed it yet. So what I did was, you know, it, I go through a whole process. And when I got it, I literally got it last week. When I go through a review process, I need to put rounds down range before I can even accurately give, you know, any sort of judgment. But I will say this, and just being honest and transparent, when the TP9 first hit in 2015, I was like, eh, you know, another polymer gun, yay. I wasn't impressed. And I just, I even put a post up, you know, back in 2015 and said, it is what it is. I mean, it's another polymer gun, like whatever, uh, you know, but I'm excited now because since then I've noticed and I've heard from people who I trust that the Canik was just, you know, a, a hard running gun. And I'm excited to really see it and put it through its paces out of like off the gate and off top, like the presentation of the gun was, was fabulous. And the amount of things that you can get, for the gun, as far as accessories that they, you know, have partnered with different companies for is just phenomenal. Uh, the different add-ons, like the extra flared magwell, like the magwell is already flared, but I like a little bit of extra flare, especially in larger guns or more competition or race style guns, mm -hmm. like the, like the SFX, you know, but I'd probably put it on the SFT too, though, because one, I think it looks cool. Like, let's not forget and act like we don't like shit to look cool. Yeah. But, and for the money, you know, like you get a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And like, and even if you Gucci it all the way out, you're still coming in well under what, like my Gucci Sig that I'm building right here. You're going to come with this gun. is going to be. Oh, it's probably going to cost uh, an arm and a leg. Like $2,400 gun, you know, after I'm done. With yeah. Everything. No, maybe not that much, but still, you know, you're still coming in pretty good. And, th and there was a lot of pushback because Kanik uh, and Century Arms decided to, do a mass release and they sent them out to a lot of people as people are probably aware and have seen by now. And some of the haters I have, were already out there. Oh my God, they sent it to everybody. They sent it to all the, in first of all, I hate the term influencers, but they sent it to all the influencers, blah, 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 blah. That's good marketing. Why are you mad at a company for doing that? First mm -hmm. of all, 
Mm-hmm. So are you really mad because you didn't get one or get two? And it's not about that. If you believe in your product, you say, hey, push the hell out of it. Prove us wrong. So they gave a ton of people the product and said, make us earn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I, I, you know, major shots out to them for doing that. And if people know me, I'm not just going to get a product and because you give it to me and say, oh, it's the greatest next best thing to slice bread. No, you got to earn that. And I got to run that. So I'm excited to run it. But so far, and I dry fired it a bunch. There's some things that I like. There's some things that I don't like. But overall, I'm really digging the Mete. And I think if you're a Canic fan, you're really going to dig the Mete. And even if you're not a Canic fan, like I believe because of price point, because of what's offered, and because of what I see right now, I think you'd be okay. Now, I haven't heard of any issues, you know, with Canic or with the Mete or even the TP9. I've only heard raving, you know, positive things from good to great. So I think you'd be, you know, you'd be okay if you went with the Canic. Uh, I'm going to leave my my bigger judgment for later, though. But I have high hopes and expectations for it. I think it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Well, guys, if you want to check that out, just head on over to Canuck's website, Walkers. I don't know if you have any experience with Walkers. I That's feel like, I yeah, I'd be like, have you even shot, bro? If you have you used Walkers? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, just, they're pretty much everywhere. They're everywhere. And like they're beating all the other previous you know, electronic ear pro and even their passive ear pro is pretty dope. And yeah. You know, so their earbuds and all that. You know, oh yeah. I know. That's what I was just running actually recently was their, uh, their earbuds. And normally they fall out of my ear. I do like, cause they come with different sizes, which I'll switch out the sizes and stuff. But even then I've noticed others in the passage of fallout where they just don't seal properly. So it feels like I'm not even wearing anything and I'd rather just spend 25 cents and use the the little uh, foamy ones. Foam roll-ups. Yeah. yeah. Why spend 300 bucks on these inserts when the foam ones are doing a better job? I did really like theirs. I thought that they stayed in your ear pretty nicely and they had a nice seal. I also really liked their earmuffs, especially if you're shooting indoors. I prefer earmuffs all the way. They also have some where they have built-in radios. So if you're working at like a construction site and you need to talk to other people, that's always handy because people always think that these earmuffs are used for just the range. But my neighbor, she wears her earmuffs when she's mowing the lawn, which I guess you actually have a high risk of losing some of your hearing when you're mowing lawn because it's a consistent noise that exceeds a certain decibel, which I didn't realize. I'm not there yet. Eh, I don't want some weird tan line, <laughs> but but she say? does it. I don't want a weird tan oh, line. No, I'm just joking. Like, I'm, I must be there. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. You spent the entire show. You could hear me and now you don't. Okay. No, I'm deaf. I needed to really wear my walkers early on. Yeah. But no, they're, they're super dope. I wear them because we go to Formula One races. We're big into Formula One racing. We wear those at the Formula One races because those engines are super loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely recommend checking them out. If you guys want to head on over to walkersgameear.com. And remember, if you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. Oh, that's dope. Today's AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. We kind of touched upon this earlier. But every town wants an army of gun control activists to run for office. 
Bloomberg's Every Town for Gun Safety is planning to spend $3 million to recruit and train its volunteers to run for office. The gun grabber with the biggest bank account wants to have 200 recruits enter races in the next election cycle. Their goal, of course, is to push the gun control agenda. In spite of cherry-picking reports about bipartisan support for gun control, the people have overwhelmingly demonstrated that gun control is not what we want. Just look at the 8 to 10 million new gun owners. I think it's like 8 to 11 million, actually, just last year. So far, the people aren't buying into it, and large-scale gun control has not been able to be passed, though some have on a state level. They aim to weaponize groups like Moms Demand Action in this endeavor and buy enough political seats to pass sweeping gun control measures. One thing going against them, though, is the disproportionate impact that gun control policies have on minorities. They definitely have funding on their side, but they're also the same people that have been cheering unrest, nuking the filibuster, and packing the Supreme Court with anti-gun judges. You talked about it. It's actually, I got to say, I could be like, wow, that's such BS. But honestly, from their standpoint, it's actually a pretty smart move. I know when I had Diana Mueller on from the DC Project, she was saying the best way right now to get active is people who are pro-gun need to run for more political seats. And whether it is at a local, state, or nationwide level, and it's a pretty good idea. So I can't say that what they're doing isn't smart. And you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Here we are arguing amongst each other like a bunch of idiots. Oh my gosh, he was just on the cover uh, or hating on each other. And really, we need to just put that aside. Who cares? And really focus on the bigger threat that faces us. Absolutely. It's almost like, what does any of that other nonsense matter? Yeah. Over this when you weigh it out. And it's like, like, come on, it's, it's ridiculous. But the, the funny thing is, like, I love what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. Like, I play chess. Mm-hmm. So when I see a good move on the board, like, I call it that. Yeah. And, you got to give it where it's handed, you know? You got to. <laughs> yeah. Because then it makes you check your game. Like, well, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I, you know, think of it so far ahead so that I could block it? You know what I mean? What? Where do I have to readjust my technique, my strategy? So that's what we need to be doing as gun owners in this community. Like we have to be rethinking our strategy and even adopting some of the tactics used by those who were trying to fight us because it works. And I remember this, if you don't believe me and if you think it's all full of shit and you think that they're just, you know, blathering idiots and running off at the mouth, three and a half years ago, Moms Demand Action had a rally in D.C. and they fuddled the photos to look like they had more people than were there. They had, they literally had maybe 50 or 60 people there. I don't know if you noticed that or remember that. And it was a whole big thing because they photoshopped it and had the angles and made it look like it was a whole lot of people. A year later, they were filling arenas. Like they were filling like smaller local arenas, not like, you know, the major ones, but small local arenas, hundreds and hundreds of people, if not thousands, pushing a message. Two years later, this is happening nationwide in larger venues. So understand they are working. Mm -hmm. And they are actively growing and increasing. Now hear this. They are not the only group. That's just one of many that are continuing to grow their numbers. And we are just one group that can't seem to get our shit together long enough to hold hands and say, kumbaya, now let's fight. Yeah. We don't have to agree on everything. I can disagree with you and still fight beside you. I could hate you to your very core. Or you could just disturb me to my core. 
But because we're on this team together, I have to put that aside and fight this fight. And if and when the opportunity ever arises for me to address what I don't like, then I'll do it at that time. But right now, let's get this dirt under our nails and let's kick some ass. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that's not what we think here. We think, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like my buddy Chris Chang was just on the cover of Recoil Magazine. Mm -hmm. First of all, shout out to Chris. And he wore a distressed American pride flag on the cover. And let me tell you something. If you're a patriot and you think the state of our country is great, then you're fooling yourselves. You're misguided. This country is in distress. And most Americans see it and call it out. And for him to do so and wear the flag that represents him as an American is great, I think. And people are like, oh, you shouldn't change the flag. And, you, you know, you disrespect the flag by doing that. Fuck out of here. Excuse my language. But like, seriously, like, come on now. That's that selective freedom ideology. Yeah. Like, you know, like I can be free, but how dare you be free? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. be your authentic self. And it's like, come on. Like, if you fly the thin blue line, thin red line, green line, yellow line, whatever, then you can't say anything about him flying a pride flag. Yeah. That's oh glory. You can't because that's his version of America or that's his version of freedom. Yeah. So get off my friend, first of all. Second of all, like grow the hell up. And secondly, stop being a hypocrite because if two hot chicks, if Ava had a hot girlfriend and they were married and Dude, they said, hey, watch out. It's, you, it might be coming. I'm just hey, saying. Oh, well, I, I, I hear you. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey. But no, people would too. be all about it. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The same idiots that are talking yep. about, oh, he's gay and X, Y, and Z. But now it's okay. Yeah. See, that's that selective freedom bullshit that I don't deal with. Mm -hmm. Like, like, and that's what's holding us back as Americans. I don't care if you lay down at night and cover yourself in chicken grease and peanut butter. You know, as long as you're not hurting kids. Do what you do. Yeah. Do who knows? That do. stuff might be really good for your skin. That might be the next hey, trend. <laughs> hey, and it's a lube and an edible all at the same time. So whatever. So yeah. it's like, do what you do. I don't care. Yeah. What I do care about, though, see, who you lay with at your house doesn't affect what happens at my house. Yeah. But who you vote for does. Who you and what you support does affect what happens at my house. So I could care less about the insignificant nonsense that we worry about. And more so about the actual fight that we have on our hands. And it's not just for guns. It's for freedom as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we got to stop. You know, we have to stop. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And it's super frustrating. You know, I got to ask you, side note, is your fire alarm, the battery going dead? Because I just keep hearing that beep. But yo, you got some is work it, to do. I can't do. even hear it. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It might be. It I'm, might be. I'm telling you right now, you got some work to do when the show ends. <laughs> yeah, I got to change the battery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know which one. Oh, it's this one. At least it's happening during the day because whenever my batteries decide to go dead, it always happens in the middle of night. And first it's incorporated in my dream. And then you eventually <laughs> wake up. Oh, I wasn't dreaming. It's happening. And then you can't figure out which alarm is going off because you yeah. have a million a, in a each room. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. is it? I'm going to find it. And it becomes like an hour and a half process. <laughs> so I've got, I've got to have one in every room, of course. And then I have carbon monoxide detectors. Yep. Same. You know, you know, and they all sound the same. And I don't do the, the duos because I just rather mm -hmm. everyone have a job and do yeah. their own thing. You yeah. Know I mean? but, Buy a house, they said. Yay. <laughs> all right. Yay. Moving forward. iTunes reviews. There's only one review. Ultimately, obviously, they won. But I'm going to read it. But if you guys haven't left a review, all you have to do is just go to the podcast app. If you have an iPhone, it's super easy. 
podcast app, search for a gun funny, scroll down, write a review. You automatically are entered to win a prize pack. And it helps me. I enjoy hearing from you guys. It makes me feel good because at least I know I'm not just talking to myself for four years. And Argo feels good because he knows that I'm not the only one listening to him. So it's like a win-win situation. Today's review is from Kobe T-U-R, five stars, labeled I'm Hooked. Amazing podcast, stumbled on it while searching for a new two-way podcast, and it's safe to say I'm hooked. The mix of information yet lightheartedness is perfect. I love it. Currently setting my calendar reminder for when Jew episodes release. I'm thinking he said new. But it could also be Jew because, not, like I said, I'm Jew. <laughs> so, like, like if you did, like, that's genius. Yeah, if right. Not, if not, then if it's not, still I even got small fingers, and I can't. I'm the queen of autocorrect, and yet. Yeah, well, the N and the J are right there next to yeah. each other, so he did mean to. So. Uh, I'm binging out new episodes every day until Mondays. My only complaint is my newfound search history for exotic plants. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god, you have no idea. And my house is still like a jungle. It's crazy. All right, guys, time to wrap up. Head on over to Gun Funny. You'll find affiliate links. If you guys are shopping at Palmetto State Armory, Brownells, Primary Arms, any of that stuff, if you're going to buy something, just click on the affiliate link and it'll bring you right back to your cart. And it's a great way to support the show without actually having to donate any money. Just a small portion of your order goes to the show. So it's greatly appreciated. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Also, recently, I was just on the Federal podcast. My newest sponsor is Federal Premium Ammunition. And if you guys are curious as to how I got started or want to hear a little bit more, just about, I forget exactly what they asked me. This interview took place a few weeks ago, but definitely check out their podcast. Just head on over to federalpremium.com, I believe. Otherwise, there's a link in their Instagram. You should consider becoming a Patreon you'll get access automatically to our Facebook group. It's for Patreons only, and it's a lot of fun. There's always inappropriate stuff. But if you guys want to talk to like-minded people, anyone is allowed to join. It's not like you have to be some huge gun person. We have a lot of people that just got into guns and they joined. And then we have people that are super knowledgeable that have been into guns for years. It's really a great group for everybody. I just recommend that if you get offended easily, probably don't join. Also wanted to thank our $25 patrons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. Jon Snow, still king of the Patreons. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles may or may not sleep with her eyes open. Nobody has ever been stupid enough to enter a room where she was sleeping. Argo, can you just remind people once again where they can find you on the internet? I'll be in Operator Tickles' room. (laughs) Okay, first of all, Tickles is my four-pound dog. Don't let her size fool you because she's an operator, okay? I hear you. I hear you. Got to get the dodge. Anyway, they can find me everywhere at ArgoJ. That's A-A-A-R-G-O-J-A-Y. On my website, www.argoj.com. There are links in there where you can donate for the documentary, where you can find out about training. My training links link people to training that's happening nationwide, as well as mine when new classes are offered. So you can find somebody in your city from a reputable trainer or a trainer that I uh, know and trust. And that's where you can find me. All right. Awesome. And once again, I really appreciate your time coming on the show. And on that note, we're out of here. Peace. (laughs) 
Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>